Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. When I was little, I would talk really, really, really fast because I didn't think what I had to say was important, so I wouldn't want to take people's time. So I'm just going to just talk, listen to my voice, settle into the room. Um, you guys have a good week? Yeah. Who said no? Oh, Jesus, bless him. Let this week be better. Um, Traditionally, when I am getting ready to preach, um, that week is, can be really hard for me. I feel like this oppression that comes over me, things that have been said over me, curses, word curses that have come and I, that I've heard, I've been told certain things. It can be really, really hard for me to prep. But this week was different. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like I've really learned a lot of boundaries. I've learned a lot of, um, like he said, staying authentic. Is, it's, I'm learning the hard way, and I don't like learning the hard way, but at least it's sticking because this week was a really, really good week. I was done prepping this message on Thursday, praise the Lord, because Thursday night I had plans, Friday night I had plans, and Saturday night I had plans, and I got to enjoy all of them, which was really, really great. Um, I got to celebrate my best friend's sister's birthday. Isn't she cute? She's pretty cute. Got to celebrate one of my oldest, youngest friends, 40th birthday. That was super fun. I went to my first ever crab feed. Have you guys been to those? Oh, yeah, it is like, if you like crab, or if you don't, it's entertaining. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, Doug and Joey, thank you for taking us. That was so much fun. Um, but we went to this feed, and I like crab, so I, I totally was going to enjoy it no matter what. And I'm sitting at this table, this long banquet table, and I'm just like, in heaven. I'm just, I'm just like, I, my hands are dirty. They, not just was it crab, but it was like crab and like sauce, red, red sauce, like I'm just like, my hands are filthy. They give you towels, and I'm just like smiling as big as I can. And I look at Elijah, and he's just looking at me like, you're happy. I was like, yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> I had to wash my hands like, I don't know, six, seven times to get that smell off my hands, you know? So that was fun. Um, I, Friday morning, I generally came, come and coach the CrossFit class here that we have, which if you're not a part of that and you want to be, um, pray that we can increase that. We want to have eventually more classes, different times, because I know not everyone could come in, at 9 o'clock. So normally my Friday routine is to come and coach that class, but um, my Thursday night plans went really late. So um, I slept in. This guy took over for me, and I got this super, super good morning. I slept in. I had a cup of coffee. I, had, I got my hair done. Um, but before I got my hair done, I, I had a couple hours to waste, and so I went downtown to go shopping just to kind of see what they had, you know. Who doesn't like to go shopping by themselves without kids, without any? It's like, it's amazing. So I walked into the store, and I, I, okay, I walked into the store that I knew, I know it's expensive. It's an expensive store. If you don't go downtown, you probably can, you probably know which store I'm talking about. I walk in the store, and I find this shirt, and I'm like, this is so flippin' cute. Like, this is a cute, cute shirt. It looks kind of like this one, but um, I pull out the, you know, it's this kind of store you don't really want to look at tags, because it's kind of embarrassing, you know, like, to check the prices. Like, you kind of slip it out, like... I saw this tag, and it punched me in the face, this price. I was like, $161 for a white blouse. Like, what the heck? Like, this is so crazy. And, um, yeah, I didn't buy it. But, I, yeah, I'm just getting used to my voice, okay? So just, like, bear with me right now. Just, so I didn't buy that shirt, but I found another blouse, another sweater that was, like, on clearance for 30 bucks. I was super excited. So... Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm telling you all my details about my shopping, but I like to talk about clothes up here because I'm, you know, why not? Um, all right, so let's see. 
Authenticity is our mandate. That's what I get to talk about today. It is true that authenticity is probably my favorite subject because um, I really don't like fake things. Do you like fake? I mean, sometimes there's reason for having fake things. Two things that I like really, really don't like that are fake are fake plants and fake people. Can I hear an amen? What? Okay. He made me. He made me. But they look kind of real, right? No, I said this actually a couple months ago up here, and I realized that I had a fake plant in my house. I went home and I took it down because I was like, oh, if I say I don't like fake plants, I'm not going to have fake plants in my house. This is different. We don't have any sunshine in here. We have to, you know. Yeah, I don't like fake stuff. <laughs> now I feel like caught. <laughs> he likes fake things. It's great. You can be fake around him. I got jokes today, you guys. Um, okay, so authenticity is our mandate. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. It's good, right? So I wanted to read this scripture going into the message of authenticity because I think the one thing we can do good in life is love. But sometimes loving God is probably not as hard because God's perfect. He is the best. He has not made mistakes. He is always there for us. He is always, always who he is. He's true to his word. He does what he says. He always loves you no matter what's going on. He's perfect. But loving your neighbor as you love yourself is limited by our capacity to love ourselves. And so I think that's something that's super hard is we don't, we're not, we know we're not perfect. Well, is anyone here perfect? Um, he likes fake things. He's not perfect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's really hard to love things that are imperfect, and we, are, we know our weaknesses. We know our struggles. We know our past. We know what we've been through. We know when we're not so good at things, and so it's really hard to love ourselves sometimes, but how are we to love others? The, like the, he says it right here. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do we love others as ourselves if we don't love ourselves or if we're too hard on ourselves? Um, when I was a few years ago, I was a store manager at a coffee shop, and I would... Um, meet with my boss uh, every, I don't know, six, eight weeks or something. She would come into the store. We'd talk about our sales. We'd talk about staffing. We would talk about, you know, how much money I'm making and my profits and losses, all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, would just tell her what's going on. I'm kind of an open book, so I would tell her all the good, the bad, the ugly. But I guess I was just telling her the bad and the ugly because she stopped me. She's like, Christina, you are so hard on yourself. She's like, I don't know anyone that is, is as hard on themselves as you are. You need to see what's going good. I'm like, but how do I focus on the good when there's so much bad to fix, you know? And I was like, it kind of shocked me because I didn't realize I was really neglecting the good in my life because I was so focused on what was not going well. And I just want to, like, challenge our, our, our mindsets a little bit because sometimes I think that we are judging others the way that we're judging ourselves, not even realizing it. We're limited. Our love for other people is, is, is limited by our capacity to love ourselves. And so that's what I want to talk about. Loving God, loving people as we love ourselves. That's authenticity, is being true to who you are. Um, so, yeah, being the right person. I, um, I talk a lot about myself when I'm up here because it's easy because I know myself pretty well. Um, I've wrestled with my identity a lot. And, like, I have some of my oldest friends here. Thank you for being here. Um, and I've just, identity has been something that has been really challenging because I've, I don't know. I, I'm probably not the only one, but like my self-talk is super negative. 
My, I have to, like, really rally to, like, see, see the good in, in my in situations. You know, I compare myself to others. You know, I'm maybe not smart enough, maybe not pretty as her, whatever it is, wasn't talented enough. And the flip side of that is I've always, I kind of, like, sit back and watch a lot. I watch people, you know, people that are really outspoken, people that are very talented. I just kind of sit back and observe things. And... Um, I just, I love watching people. It's super fun. But I learned in my home as a kid that who I was was too much for people. And I think that's why I really retracted myself because I, I'm like a black, black and white are my favorite colors. I know they're not actually colors, but they're my favorite colors because it's like, it's clear. You know what to expect. You know what's good. You know what's bad. You know what's wrong, right, pretty, ugly, whatever. Like black and white being real is like my favorite thing. And so I spent a lot of time thinking that when I spoke truth, which would be the black or the white situation, that people didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to know what was going on. For me, I'm like, no, it's just the truth. And I, I, you know, it's sometimes the tone of voice, not what you say, but how you say it. You know, when you're speaking truth and trying to love on someone, I had a really hard time feeling like I had anything important to say because I was always told that I was too much for people. Um, too outspoken. If you can't say something nice... Don't say it. Do you guys know there's a difference between nice and kind? Being nice is like telling someone that what they want to hear. But being kind is telling someone something in love and letting them, giving them an opportunity, right? Like, don't lie to me. Just don't be nice for nice sake. Be kind with the truth. And that's something that I've been learning to do because I know I've been called out to call out the best in people. Um, I've called, I actually have a desire to cut through all the nonsense. There's a lot of nonsense out there these days. A lot of, lot of, lot of fake plants, you know, <laughs> and fake people. Um, but cutting through the nonsense, cutting through all the, even the negativity, the negative thoughts that we have, like got to cut through that crap because we don't, we need to see the truth in things. Um, and I want to talk, the tr- I want to say truth. I don't want to be a liar. I, I want to do what I say. I want to be who I am. I want to not hide behind any un- someone else's words anymore. Um, so I'm learning right now to ask a lot of questions rather than making assumptions of people, you know, because it's one thing to say, hey, you have a booger on your face. <laughs> and to say, hey, how are you feeling? <laughs> I don't know, that's a bad example. That was really dumb. <laughs> No, but, like, sometimes we help people. We want to love people. We want to encourage people, and we do it the wrong way. We say, hey, hey, you're 50 pounds overweight. You should go to the gym. That's not a very loving way to say, hey, like, how, how is life? How are you feeling? What are You know, there's other things you can ask to inspire people to become better versions of themselves. And so I'm learning to ask questions. People ask me, a lot of moms um, will ask me, how are things with McKenna? She's perfect. Sam said it today. Um, <laughs> But I just have learned as a parent, like, we have to ask questions to our kids rather than telling them the answers all the time. Because we know the right way. We're parents. We've been through it. We've been kids. We're not kids anymore. We know the answers. But they need to find out the answers themselves. So asking questions is something that I've really learned to, um, to get that going on. So anyways, is that enough rambling? I, I think I'm used to my voice now. I think I can go home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so to me, loving, love God, love people. And for me, love is is allowing people to be themselves and to seeing the best in them. And so our commission, our great commandment is to love God and love people. Psalms 119 says this, I run the path of your commandments for you will enlarge my heart. I love that because as we are following God's commandment to love, he's going to enlarge our capacity to love. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Um, David was always 
David, he wrote Psalms, most of it. Um, he was always pursuing his identity. And if our greatest commandment is to love God, he's going to teach us by practicing it. Um, about 10 years ago, ooh, it's raining hard out there. Um, about 10 years ago, I, well, okay, seven years ago. Seven years ago, I um, preached as much as I was turning, I turned 30, and I realized, like, I was not a very important person in my own life. My husband was important, my kids were important, my boss was important. Like, I just didn't have a lot of um, self-worth, I guess. And so, but I realized that. I'm like, okay, I'm 30 now. It's time to be an adult. It's time to, like, go be the person that I always want to be. And I had this conversation with God. I said, God, like, I am going to be the most important person in my life. And so what did I do? I started going to the gym. I started caring about what I was eating. I wasn't just eating off the kids' plates. I was really took intentionality on being important in my life. And I know that's kind of hard to say in the church because, and, and when I gave that message, I got a lot of people upset. Like, no, you're supposed to serve. You're supposed to lay down your life. You're supposed to not be anything. You're supposed to be less than. That's not what I'm saying. We are still called to serve. But haven't you seen a lot of people in ministry, missionaries, pastors, whatever it is, even like if it's your normal career, like in the business world, when you put everything else before you and before your own needs, you're not going to last very long. It's not possible to sustain that. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first before you take care of others. And I think that's why that scripture is like that. Love others as you love yourself. We have to learn to love ourselves. Um, have you ever seen those people that are really good at fixing other people's problems? <laughs> or they're like really good at giving advice? Like those like people that are like a walking dictionary, like they have all the answers for your problems, but then they themselves don't use those answers. You know, like I don't want to be one of those kind of people, so I hope I am not that to you guys as I'm talking about being authentic. Um, but I think it's really out of um, good motives, right? Like we are wanting to help people. We want to encourage people. And we don't always see that we are not taking care of our needs first. And so I think that's really important because it turns into performance. It turns into perfectionism. And it turns into a bunch of yuck. So the more we understand God's love for us, the more we understand how to love others. So the scripture again. I run in the path of your commandments for you will enlarge my heart. I want you guys to repeat these words, okay? Say, God, I will run in the path of your commandment. I will love, I will learn to love myself and others. And you will enlarge my heart. All right, let's start loving, okay? All right, so what is this, what does love and the scripture have to do with authenticity? Well, I think, I, uh, like, I, authenticity starts with our identity and our mandate is to love. So authenticity is our mandate. So authenticity is knowing who you are, knowing you are unique and created in his image. I Sometimes Google's fun when you're, I don't know, it's fun. To, you get a lot of information out there. Did you, did you know that there have been 117 billion people who have been alive? It's a guess, right? They don't know exactly. But about 117 billion people have walked this earth. And 400,000 more walk, well, are born in every day. That's a lot of people that have walked. And something that's interesting is you are 99.9% .9 identical to all of those people genetically. So look around. So I'm 99.9% .9 identical to you, to all you. Look some, like they don't look like you. They don't act like you. They don't. But you are 99.9% .9 identical to the, everyone else that's walked this earth. That's crazy. So that very, very tiny, tiny portion that you are unique, that's all you. 
And that makes all the difference in the world, right? Like, that's, like, such a crazy thing to me. Um, so that tiny, tiny percent difference is, it's huge. But who are we made in the image of? We are 99.9% like each other because we are made in his image. I think that's a cool picture. Um, Romans 12 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, right? Like, we're not all exactly the same. So we, though many, are in one body of Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to grace given to us. Let us use them, it says. Yeah? Let's use our gifts. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, and to the one who contributes in generosity. I like those ones. Um, to the one who leads with, I like all of them. To the one who leads with zeal and to the one who, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So just a question I want you to think about. What gifts have you been given? And I'm sure there's more than just these. There's just a few. What gifts have you been given? And I'd like you to consider that we are all given gifts to the different measure of grace that we have on our lives. And it changes, right? Sometimes you have grace to be super generous. Sometimes you have grace not to. Sometimes you have, you're, have grace to serve with everything in you. Sometimes you don't. So just consider for a second, what gifts have you been given? Um, and I just want to be a little bit authentic right now or transparent. Um, when I'm asked, if someone asks me that question, I'd be like, I don't really know what I have to offer. I don't really know if I have anything to say. Even prepping for this, like thinking about coming into preaching, I was like, I kind of feel empty. Like I don't know what, what, I can, what I can say. But there's something great that he does in our weakness. 2 Corinthians 12 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Is anyone weak sometimes? Hallelujah, you're strong. Therefore, I will boast more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, whether you think you have any gifts or not, whether you think you're strong enough or not, guess what? Those are the strongest type of people that God wants to use because in, in your weakness, he is made strong. I said a couple years ago, I'm like, I don't want to be any stronger because I don't want to go through these calamities and persecutions and hardships and insults. Like, who wants to go through that to get strong? I, you know, but it happens because, hey, I'm a little stronger now than I was a couple years ago, right? Are you? After all the stuff that we've been through? Um, so it's important that we know who we are, what our giftings are, and know that it doesn't matter if you think you have it all together or not. God has it in you. All right, so authenticity, one of the points I wanted to make is our authenticity is threatened by jealousy in comparison. Um, it's important to know who we are, and it can be really hard to figure out who we are if we're constantly basing our identity against someone else. Um, it's kind of a tricky, it's a tricky thing, especially someone like me that's really suffered and, like, had a hard time with, like, liking myself, um, you know, <laughs> all kinds of, like, physical jealousies in comparison. Someone that was, wore Nike socks, right, because they're rich, and I wore socks and camera. Whatever, whatever it is, you know, like, she was so talented. Like, my sister can sing her vocals off, and I maybe I can sing, but maybe not that good. There's, like, so many things we can compare ourselves to other people. But um, did you know that Paul says that jealousy keeps us from inheriting the kingdom of God? So jealousy on earth is, like, kind of dumb. It's kind of a dumb thing to focus on. Like, knowing who you are is something you should get from the Lord, not from, your, from someone else. Um, 
1 Corinthians says that love does not envy. We are not to be envious. Um, so why do we compare ourselves? And it's usually because we're struggling with our identity, struggling with who we are. Um, there is a little bit of science. You guys, I, I grew up thinking science was bad. Like, I think because it's like, oh, the science, oh, they're trying to disprove God. But, like, the more I learn about science, the more I love the creation. Like, our bodies, our brains, our, the chemicals, like, everything that, he, that God put into motion, I just think it's so beautiful. And so um, I like science. I'm learning to like it a lot more. Um, I'm not afraid of it. I used to be afraid of it. I think that was the thing. Um, so scientifically, comparison, when we compare ourselves with other people or we're jealous of other people, it knocks our central nervous system to, to create someone else to be a threat. So if I'm, in, if I'm in jealousy of someone else, that jealousy knocks my, makes my central nervous system say, threat, threat, danger, danger, they're an enemy, you're not okay, and it creates this toxicity in us. But like that person's my sister, or that person's my friend, or that person's my boss, and it's, they're not actually enemies, but our bodies turn them into enemies and then we hold our like our bodies keep record of all that like that all that toxicity which is crazy um it turns us into the state of flight flight fight or flight right like so when someone is creating danger for you or someone is not safe for you you're going to be pushing away from connection with that person when really god wants us to draw near to people and love people so if we're if we're constantly comparing ourselves unfavorably we are going to see people better than us and it's just not going to be a good thing. Um, but getting out of the cycle can and will, will shift your central nervous system so much that you can, you can get out of that. So rather than making people your enemies, you can see who they are and draw them closer to you. And that's actually going to bring you to a state of connection, loving people, loving God, loving yourself. Um, James is a great book in the Bible. It's super black and white, which I really like it. Um, so James 4, 2 says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet. He's talking to the church, okay? Like, I don't, I don't know what was actually going on that day, but it sounds like it was bad according to him. So you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your earthly, or on your pleasures. Um, so those are all bad, right? Like, not a really great situation. So we shouldn't envy other people or covet what other people have. But my favorite scripture in the Bible is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, for me, the scripture isn't like, hey, God, I want that $160 shirt and I get it. No, it's not getting exactly what you want. It's, it's putting your, your hope in the Lord. It's putting your desires in God because you desire him, and he's just going to bless you. It's just the, how the kingdom works, and the more we desire the Lord, the greater he wants to be known in us, and blessings just come, and they fall on us. Um, so we have to learn to trust God with our desires and not just go covet someone else's and be jealous about someone else. Um, so we, when we find ourselves jealous of others, all we have to do is acknowledge that they have something awesome. Like, hey, that girl's got a voice like Adele, right? Or that person has a house that is gorgeous. Like, honoring what they, the gifting that they have, and then you could take it to the Lord. Say, God, like, I would love to have a house like that someday. I would love to have, you know, more talent. I would love to be strong or fit like them. I would love to have, turn it into a desire, a prayer to the Lord, and, and he might give you, I mean, 
he gives us the desires of our hearts. I live in a house that I didn't think I could afford that he just gave me. I, but I didn't, it wasn't about the house. It was about him blessing me, being obedient to him, right? So when we have desires, all we have to do is acknowledge that they have something awesome. Does that know that someone else is great and just bless them? Um, so jealousy in comparison is not a good thing. And it creates this toxicity that you will never be good enough. You will never have what it takes. You will never... It's yucky. It's a yucky mindset to have. So take it to the Lord and bless those who are blessed. And ask God. If you want more, ask God for more. He's a good God. Um, another thing that, that comparison can do sometimes, which I, I don't know who will relate to me on this one, but it, you can use it as a defense mechanism to hide. Um, if you're constantly comparing someone else, they're better than me. I'm less than, they, you know, they're more talented, I'm not that, you can, you can, like, say I'm not worth it, and then you could hide within your own pity, which is kind of depressing and disgusting, but I do it, I've done it, Um, you know, and it's, it's really a lot of fear, we can be afraid of failure, we can be afraid, you know, because we've had past experiences or hurts that have, that have hurt us, Um, it could be false humility, there could be all kinds of things that we want to put other people up on a pedestal so that we can be less than, but let me tell you, we don't do that pedestal thing around here, like, we are all equal, God, we are 99.9% like each other, right, so, excuse me, if you're afraid to stand out, take up space for yourself, shine in life, then, then just ask God, like, what lies are you believing about yourself, Um, I can tell you, he's gonna probably tell you some truth, He's going to tell you that you're, you are worth it. You are talented. You do have what it takes. You are 99.9% like me, and so you're, you are capable. So knowing who you are is super important that we're not comparing who we are against other people but against what God says about us um, and crushing that comparison junk. That's so good. And you will be empowered. You'll, God, when you, when, you, when you walk in who you are and you can see others blessed and then find who you are in God, like God will empower you. And just let me know. Let me tell you, like he will let you shine. Um, So comparison and jealousy is not a friend of authenticity. Um, So authenticity, we talk a lot about emotions around here because it is really like undone a lot of our old mindsets, perfectionism. We don't worry about that anymore. We want to know what's happening all the time with us. Um, Psalms 139 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Um, I read a description on who David was, again, on Google. It says this. David wrote most of Psalms and was maybe the most emotional being in the Bible. (laughs) Up and down, up and down. One minute he's off going praising God, and the other he's like, where are you, God? He feels like God has turned his back on him and claims that his life is full of depression and sadness. Like, have you seen, like, I, okay, people are blessed, but they're still, like, walking around in, like, the pits, right? Like, like it's, it's not that uncommon to see that, but we're all human. We're all, like, like David, he was a young, young brother. He became king. He got anointed. He had, you know, he had, he lived in a castle, for goodness sakes. Like, he had everything that he needed or wanted, but yet he was constantly, emotionally trying to figure out what was happening for him. Like, I think if he read Connection Codes, he'd be really good at it because he was processing his emotions with the Lord all the time, you know? Um, And the Bible calls him a man after his own heart. Like, God created us emotional beings, and if we're hiding, suppressing our emotions, like, we're just not really being authentic, right? Um, So processing what's happening for us is super, super important, and it's, you know, really, really easy to, like, shove it down, but 
we just need to stop doing that. Um, our emotions and feelings are not negative. You know, one of the questions when we're learning about, you know, good emotions, bad emotions, a lot of people can really identify with joy, right? That seems good and positive and really fun. And But then, like, anger seems bad, right? It's like red, dark, you think anger is something bad. But really, anger is what drives you to do something. Like, I'm when I, when I heard a description of what anger is supposed to do, I'm like, I need more anger in my life because I want to pursue the goals that I have. And sometimes I have to get a little angry about where I'm at in order to push myself forward. So good emotions, bad emotions, doesn't, it's not a good or bad thing. It's our emotions are our emotions, and they are just, they're all made by God. Um, so learning to process it, what's, what's happening to us is what we need to get good at. Um, for a long time, I have seen people um, hiding what's going on for them for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. Um, they don't want to hurt people with the truth of what's happening. Like if I tell my, my husband that I'm hurt by how he treated me, he'll just be sad and think, you know, whatever. Like I'm trying to protect, who, protect his feelings more than I'm protecting my own feelings, that sort of thing. Um, sometimes people don't want to see the truth because the truth sometimes sucks, right? Like knowing, knowing what's happening, it feels like hard, something hard you're dealing with. Um, people don't want to sh- reveal their weaknesses or that they're even hurt. A lot of people think emotions aren't biblical. Um, they don't want to acknowledge that they have any pain. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm always, always happy. Always happy. I know some people that seem always happy. Maybe they are. You know, I, I know God is always good, but I'm not always happy. Right? He's good in the pain. I'm still in pain, but I can still know that God is good. Um, so hide, hiding our emotions really feeds into that culture of perfectionism that is kind of yucky. You know, we want to talk sometimes only about what's good, what's positive, what's encouraging, which the Bible does say dwell on those things, but it doesn't say neglect what's happening for you. So we need to understand that our emotions are just telling us what's going on. They're just signals. Um, There's actually a science, too, back to science being cool. If we have tears. If you're, if you have, if you hold back, has anyone held back tears? They don't want to cry. Some people are really good at crying. Some people aren't. (laughs) He's good at crying when he's up here. He's pretty cute at it. Um, But anyways, crying is crazy. When we hold, was that weird? Did I say something weird? He's cute. So good at crying. All right. Okay. Science though. Back to science, guys. We're at church. We're talking about science. Isn't that weird? Um, okay, Bible, creation. Let's talk about creation. We were created to cry. When we hold back our tears, it is actually making your whole, you're making yourself imbalanced hormonally. Releasing that tear out of your eyes releases your hormones. If you hold it in, we're holding into pain. We're holding on to whatever it is. It makes our bodies out of balance, out of whack. So processing our emotions, not holding it in, is really, really, really good. Get it out. Whether it's a tear, whether it's a a smile, whether it's a sadness, expressing our emotions, not holding it inside, is going to bring freedom in our lives. It's so cool. I just think it's so cool. So science of tears, like study it, Google it, whatever you want. Google's great. Um, Let your emotions come out. Don't hide it anymore. Um, I'm going to skip this part because I don't want to get sassy. Okay, do you, you want me to get sassy? Do you guys want me to get sassy? Okay, so for a long time, I think we've blamed so many things on the devil. And you know, the devil's like, 
He's not that big. He's not that cool. He's not that strong. But so many times we blame our emotions on the devil. We blame our, our, our life on the devil. Well, you know, the devil's like stupid. <laughs> there are spiritual battles in this world. I am not saying that there are not spiritual warfare. There is, there is definitely an enemy that is out to kill and destroy our lives. But if we're giving him credit for everything, that, for the choices that we make ourselves, that's not the devil. That's our choices, right? Like if I'm fighting, if, I'm, if I like have an addiction, say, like, and I am fighting this addiction and it's like, it's like I'm constantly like I, I, I want to go after this. I want to I have that because it's a joy point. You know, I'm going to go after this addiction and I can blame it on the devil or I can blame it on my own behavior, and I think it's really important to understand that the devil is a liar and he's making it think, making us think that sometimes we are doing it ourselves. Am I being clear? The devil's stupid. Let's not give him any, he's not smart. He's not, he's not good enough. We need to make sure that we are good at renewing our minds, putting our focus on the Lord, putting our focus on what is good, acknowledging our emotions, acknowledging what's happening so that God can be powerful in our lives. Um, I really feel like God, when he put this world into motion, he gave us everything that we would ever need. We do not need anything else. Like, he created us perfectly. We have everything that we need, and all we have to do is acknowledge it. Um, and there are some really, really good tools in the Bible, which I know y'all are Bible readers in here, but, like, some of these keys to life, love, really, really good. Joy, peace, patience, kindness. You guys can read these off. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all keys to freedom, keys to an abundant life. Um, and these are all actually, um, I call them keys, but they're actually tools. And you know, if you give a kid a hammer, they're probably just going to like break things. But the more, he learn, the more you learn how to use a hammer, you can start building things with that hammer. And so all of these tools that we're given, all these keys that we're given, the more we use them, the more we practice them, the more we're going to be able to do with them. So we can, you can practice kindness. You can practice self-control. Trust me, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Um, you can practice faithfulness, gentleness. These are all tools that we, the more we use them, the better we're going to get at them. And we're going to start building houses rather than tearing things down. So emotions happen to us. We do not choose them, but we choose how we react or how we respond to them. Um, I just need to go faster. Authenticity is revealed through our words and actions. Our words are super powerful. Amen? There is power of life and death in the tongue. And something I was thinking about when I was prepping was, um, you know, when someone does something that they say they're going to do, like that's power. Like that's really, really good. But what about power of life and death in the tongue? What about you say you're going to do something, but then you don't? Is there power in that? So it's not just saying like curses or negative words when we speak. It's sometimes when we say we're going to do something and then we don't, there's power in that. And there's, that, there's death in that. That's not good. So we have to be authentic in, the, in doing what we say we're going to do. Um, so a promise made with no actions hurts, right? Um, hurt comes, pain comes when you say you're going to do something and then you don't. Death comes when you say you love, but there's no actions to prove it. Um, we've got to be good at what we say we're going to do. Ecclesiastes 5, size 5, 5 says... It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. So we need to make sure that we are true to what we're saying because there is power, in power of life and death in your tongue. So it's not just 
having positive things come out of your mouth. It's doing what you say you're going to do and following through with what you say you're going to do. Um, all right, so another um, place to practice authenticity is in the roles that we play. Um, I used to think you had to be the same person everywhere you, well, the same person. I thought you had to, like, act the same and treat everyone the same everywhere you go. And I realized as I became an adult, like, that's not actually possible. Um, I can be consistent, but I, I didn't know that there were different roles that we play. And um, my intention, or I, I thought that we had to be the exact same, act the exact same, talk the exact same everywhere I went. But I realized that I was trying to, um, how do I say this? Sorry, guys, I'm getting a little stuck here. Um, probably because I'm supposed to say it. Give me a second. Um, being transparent and being authentic, authentic are two different things. I got really good at being transparent because I wanted to let everyone know, you can be transparent too. If I'm real, you can be real. And um, realized that I was hiding in my transparency. Does that make sense? Like, I would, I would reveal to you anything about me. I would let you see. I would let you know me. But I was actually hiding in being transparent, which the intention, I was trying to be authentic so you could feel like you could be yourself around me. But really, I was just hiding behind my transparency. Um, so the environments that we spend time in is a great opportunity to practice authenticity. And learning boundaries has been something that has been super hard. Personally, learning to be who I am wherever I go all the time um, is, is hard. Danny Silk has a quote out of his book, and I'm going read it, to read it to you. It says, you are responsible to manage different levels of intimacy, responsibility, influence, and trust with people in your life. Right? You're responsible to manage that. Likewise, you are responsible to honor the different levels of access and influence others allow you to have in their lives. These levels are absolutely righteous, healthy, normal, and good. It is supposed to be like this. When we expect that we should all have equal access to one another, we're setting ourselves up to violate and be violated. So giving everyone access to who you are isn't always smart. He has this graphic of, you know, it's, it's you and the Lord are in the middle, and then it expands to maybe you and your partner or you and your best friend, your family members. And depending on that relationship, that's how much um, access that you get for people. So I was giving, I was walking around giving everyone access to everything. I had a boss one time like, Christina, you said too much. I was like, okay. Um, and I just think I'm being real. I'm just being, you know, like if I'm real, you can be real. You can be yourself around me. And I didn't realize that I was like kind of just setting myself up um, to be hurt, really. Um, so having boundaries is a good way to practice authenticity, knowing who you are, knowing where you are. And this doesn't mean being fake around certain people. It doesn't mean saying, cussing one place and not at another. It doesn't mean, it's like, it just, it, being vulnerable, being real all the time is really important to be authentic. But there are different times where you can have and give access to different people. Um, so authenticity will, will play out in different roles that we play. Um, authenticity. Stop, stop apologizing and stop hiding. Um, I spent a lot of years hiding my blessings because I felt guilt about it. Seems weird, but I was. You know, I got married really young, and I had kids really easily. I didn't struggle with things that a lot of people struggle with. Um, I 
just even at work, I got promoted really fast. Other people tried really hard to get promoted, and I just kind of kind of fell into my lap. And, you know, I, for a long time, felt really guilty about having life. I'm going to, in quotes, easy, right? It wasn't necessarily easy. But I was blessed, but I felt guilty about my blessing because other people weren't blessed in the same ways. Um, and this was really hard because I, it was another way to hide, another place to like, woe is me. I have, you know, I am, it was just, a, I belittled a lot of my blessings. I could, and I even held back the fact that I have four really healthy, beautiful kids. Other people can't have kids, right? So it's like, I would, I would have, I would pray for, for these ladies that would come through that were having a hard time getting pregnant. And I just, my heart would break for them because I didn't know how to re- react. Like, I didn't know how hard it was for those types of things. And so I would kind of hold back my blessings so that I didn't hurt other people, realizing that that is not what God wanted me to do. He gave me my life. He gave us blessing. He gave us, you know, what we have because he wants to um, be made known. And here's, here's the scripture to, to back it up. He said, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone around the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. So here I am, super blessed, happy, happy marriage, beautiful kids, and I'm hiding my light. I'm hiding my blessings. I'm hiding who I am. When the Lord's telling me, like, no, you got to let your light shine. We are supposed to let our light shine and give glory to the Lord in our blessings, and we... And, and just be known and let it be known that I am blessed because God is good. When I talk, when I even sing songs about the goodness of God, I just look at all that he's given me. I give him credit for everything. Even like the pictures on my walls. Like, I'm like, God, I am so blessed because of you. And that's how you know that you're actually walking in the kingdom because and he is my desire. And he has given me the desires of my heart right? Because we, I I am so blessed. And so he wants us to shine. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to walk around in glory and not hide who we are. So authenticity is allowing your strengths to shine. Um, Last point I'm going to share is authenticity is being like Jesus. Who is the most authentic person you know? It's Jesus. Um, Matthew 28, Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What did he command us? Love God, love people as we love ourselves. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Connection Codes, and Dr. Glenn said, um, he pointed out that Jesus didn't tell his disciples, he didn't tell his friends to go make other Christians. He said, go make disciples. And I think that's an interesting thing to point out because, you know, the word Christian is thrown out a lot, and it almost feels like a stamp on your shirt. Like, I'm a Christian, believe in Jesus, going to heaven, done, cash, cash me out, I'm done, right? But being a disciple is very different than being a Christian. I mean, if you if you follow this disciple mindset then and you are a Christian that's fine but what I'm saying is we can sometimes put on the stamp of being a Christian and we don't do anything with our lives we're not trying to be better we're not trying to love we're not learning to love but being a disciple that's what God Jesus told us to do go make disciples and that is being go be Jesus go walk in him go learn and process and and um be just like Jesus like being a disciple is 
comp- is to replicate who you're, who's discipling you. Like, that is the point. And our job is to disciple, to become disciples, make people just like Jesus. Be like Jesus and make people like Jesus. And that is through loving people. Um, one thing about God is he's the most loving person. He knew who he was. He was very authentic. And um, that's our job, to be like Jesus. So who has some room to grow? I know I want to be a disciple. I don't want to just call myself a Christian and so I can, like, go to heaven. Like, that's fine. But I want to be like Jesus so I can help other people be like Jesus and be loved. Um, so last thing, authenticity is allowing yourself to be loved so you can love others like we've been commanded to do. So, is that all right? <laughs> authenticity, I'm just going to recap it so I can feel like I can wrap it up in a bow and send you on your way. Identity, authenticity is knowing who you are, knowing that you're created in his image. It is not being threatened by jealousy or comparison. We can find our authenticity in our emotions. It is revealed sometimes through our words and actions. Um, We can be authentic in every role that we play. We need to stop apologizing for our blessings, um, and we need to be like Jesus and allow ourselves to be loved. So I commission you to go out to love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and love yourself so you can love others well. Amen? All right. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.